Welcome. Man, we love having fun at Next Level Church. Welcome, everyone. We're so glad that you're here. Last week, we premiered on Easter Sunday our Starting Line series, and we're talking about how there are defining moments in all of our lives where uh, we can either see them as a finish line or we can see them as a starting line. Let me just encourage you, if you weren't here uh, for some reason last weekend over Easter weekend for the premiere of this series, make sure you get onto nextlevelchurch.com this weekend, and you can either listen to it by audio or you can watch the video uh, of the message portion of our our weekend experience last weekend, so make sure that you take advantage of that. Tonight is part two of our Starting Line series, and we're talking about the race that we're called to run. The race that we're called to run. Now, unfortunately, for those of us here, we just had to see two guys who were apparently called to run some kind of race that is just, I don't know about you, but from my perspective on the front row, that was just downright scary. Scary. Come on, let's pray. No, <laughs> just kidding. No, so tonight we're talking about the race that we're called to run. And I have all my life been a runner. Uh, and I really, of course, when I was like in elementary school, I just had long gangly legs. And so it was like, yeah, you can run, boy, go. <laughs> so I, I, I started to run. But in middle school, I, it was really when I, I started to realize that uh, I like to run. I really, I, I enjoy running. And, and what I've discovered is there are two kinds of people in the world. There are those who enjoy running and those who despise it. Uh, there really is kind of no gray area in between when it comes to running. Well, I, I enjoy running. Now, for me, uh, I've, I've always been a long-distance runner. And again, I, I think when it comes to running, there are really kind of two kinds of people. There's either people who run long distance or there are people who are short-distance running. Like when you watch the Olympics, you never hear them say things like, uh, this athlete from this nation will be participating in the marathon and the 100-yard dash. You don't hear that. You don't hear, you know, them announce that, that marathon runners run the 100 meter or the 100 yard dash, whatever it is now. You know, it, it doesn't happen that way. That There is a specific distance. There is a specific race that runners are called to run where, where they feel like they excel best. And that's what I want us to talk about this weekend in part two of our starting line series. And here's the reason why. Because the race that we're called to run affects everything else that we do in our life. The race that God has called you and I to run, and of course we're not necessarily talking about the physical race to run, like hear the chariots of fire music, as much as we're talking about in our life, the race as a metaphor that God has called us to run. And it's, it's, here's, here's the deal. The reality is that in our world today, most people don't know the race that they're called to run. Maybe you're here um, listening in this room, or maybe you're listening or, or watching on, on, online or in some other environment, and that's you. That even as I've started talking for the last couple minutes, you're thinking to yourself, Matt, that's me. I don't, I don't necessarily know that I could just pinpoint exactly the race that I'm called to run. Well, tonight I want us uh, to look at, at a particular passage of Scripture that actually uses this idea of running a race as a metaphor. And it's found in the Bible, in the New Testament, in the book of 1 Corinthians. So if you have your Bible, I'd love for you to turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Because that's one of the, the, the several, actually, meta, uh, times in the Bible that the Bible uses uh, a metaphor of running or running your race uh, as an illustration. If you don't have your Bible, the verses will be on the screens behind me. You'll be able to follow along there. Because in this passage of Scripture, we pick up on five ideas, if you will. Five ideas of, about running our race. The race that God has specifically called us to as individuals. So the Apostle Paul is writing in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, and starting in verse 24, we pick up on this metaphor of a race. Let's look at it together. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24 says this, do you not know that in a race all the runners run? 
but only one gets the prize. Run in such a way then as to get the prize. If you have your bulletin with you and you want to take some notes to follow my train of thought during this talk, I would love that. Here's the first big idea in terms of this starting line, in terms of the race that we're called to run, and it's this. Number one is we must run the race that we can win. We as individuals must run the race that we can win. Paul says, do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Paul, Paul points to this idea of running a race that we can actually win. And here's the reason why. Because if we run the wrong race, run the wrong race, sweet Sally sipping ciders by the seashore, what is going on? If we run the wrong race with our life, we can end up wasting valuable, valuable years or even decades of our life. And I think that's why it's so important for us. And I think that's why the Apostle Paul starts this whole metaphor of, of finding the, the race we're called to run by talking about this idea of winning the prize, that we have to identify the race that we are called to run and the race that we actually have a chance of winning. For me, in middle school, going back to my uh, professional running years in middle school, I, I, I ran track for a while and cross country, but the minute I really started to focus, I realized, again, I was a long distance guy. And so I, in middle school, I gave up track and just started to focus on running cross country. And I was like the second fastest runner on our team. Uh, and if I ever could have caught the fastest runner, I'd have hurt him or something that way. I'd have been the fastest runner, but I couldn't catch him because he was the fastest runner. So I didn't. Uh, anyway, but I had to focus. I had to focus. And, and so I gave up track to run cross country. And the truth be told, if we want to take it from an actual running illustration to kind of a life metaphor, the truth is, by the time my middle school years transitioned into my high school years, I gave up running cross country. Because I began to realize that the way God had wired me, the way God had made me, that I, 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 in addition to doing cross country, that I, was, uh, I started doing theater. In fifth grade, I got cast uh, in the high school production of Music Man. And so from fifth grade on, I started to, every year, I would be in the spring musical at my high school. And so as a small kid, elementary, late elementary on, all the way through middle school, all the way through high school, for eight straight years, I was in every production that they did. I, I joined the choir. I started to sing. I, I learned to play guitar. I did drama, theater. And all of a sudden, I started to realize, even, as a, even in my high school years, my middle school years, I started to realize that the race that I was called to run, and I came from a family that loved athletics. I mean, we were into basketball. My brother was a three-sport jock. He played basketball, football, and baseball. I mean, we were into it. We were athletic as you could be in growing up in Indiana, like hoop on the side of our barn type of athletic. I mean, we were into it. And yet here I was in my journey, recognizing that God had wired me a little different, that God had called me to run my race a little differently. And so, so in middle school and then into high school, I even gave up cross country to really focus on theater, to focus on public speaking, to focus on singing and, and playing music and my instrument. And now, of course, 20 years later, here I am. <laughs> I can still run. But God's used that. It's, it's amazing for me to look back over now over 20 years and recognize how God was orchestrating and how God was ordering my steps. That God was arranging me to, to begin to run the race 
that I was ultimately called to run with my life. So the question for us this weekend is, do we know the race God has called us to run? Do we know what God has gifted us and, and put a passion in our heart to do? What race are you and I called to run with our life? Because if we're going to win, then we have to find the right race, the race that fits us. That's why, and you heard Kyle and Jen, I don't know if you actually heard it in the video, but it was pretty distracting, them running on there through the woods like that. I was afraid there were going to be bears or something that jumped out. Then it was just our youth pastor, Will, and that was just more awkward than anything. But nonetheless, they don't ask me about these things anymore, and that's okay because I'm running the race I'm called to run. But uh, we, we, they talked in the video about our Discover events. That is exactly why here at Next Level Church we've, we've designed Discover NLC and Discover Your Place. This two-part event happening May 15th and May 22nd, actually, on Sunday night. The reason why we've created our Discover events is to help every single one of us who call Next Level Church our home to discover what Next Level is all about and then discover our place, and not just our place in the church, but to discover how God's wired us to discover the race that God's called us to run because our heart, our passion here at Next Level Church is that you and I, every one of us, would know completely and have an understanding of the, the exact race that God has called us to run because we believe that is how we win. That's how we win the race of our life, so to speak. So the question for us then this weekend is, do we know the race we're called to run? If not, man, I'm telling you, you gotta get to discover. You gotta get to our discover event. You gotta get there. We wanna help you figure out your passions, your strengths, your giftings, your personality, how God's wired you so that you can run your race. And here's what I think, additionally. I think that not only are, are, are we as individuals called to run a specific race, but can I be honest with you? As churches, God has a very specific race that he has called us to run, and he wants us to win that race. And here's what that means. That means that the race God's called Next Level Church here in Southwest Florida to run is going to be different than every other church in our city. That that's why God has placed so many great churches in, our, in the region of, of, of the country that we're in. That's why God has placed so many different churches because he wants every church to run their race. That's why we're for every church here at Next Level. Man, that's why you'll never hear anybody in our leadership team or our staff or any of our volunteers ever say a negative thing about another church. You, you know, want another reason why? Because we need every church to be strong in this city. We need every church to be strong. We need every church to run the race God's called them to run and to win that race. So the, the race we're called to run as Next Level Church is not going to look like any other church, maybe a church that we've been a part of in the past or a church we grew up in or, or a church we've heard about across town. Listen, we're called to run our race, and every church in our city is called to run their race as well. So let's keep reading. Number one, we must run the race that we're called or that we can win. Uh, here's the next part, verse 25. He continues on. He says, do you not know that only one gets the prize? Run in such a way to get the prize. Verse 25. Everyone who competes in the games or enters the race, so to speak, goes into strict training. Number two, if you're taking notes, different races require different training and focus. Different races require different training and focus. The way you train for a marathon is completely different than the way you train for a sprint. Every race requires different priorities and focuses. 
And I believe that the very same thing is true with every one of our lives. Every Olympic athlete knows this. Every Olympic athlete knows that if they're going to compete at the highest level, if they're going to win, then they must eliminate distractions. They must eliminate as many distractions as possible. And here's what I think, you guys. Is it possible that in a lot of our lives, we can't truly focus on the race God has called us to run because there are so many distractions in our life? Here's, here's what I think that means in real time. If we're going to win the race that God has called us to run with our life, then at some point in our journey, it means saying no to the good so we can say yes to the best. And can I be honest with you? In, in my leadership journey now over, I don't know, a long time, 15, 17 years, whatever, and nine years of leading next level. The further we go in this thing, the further I go in my leadership journey, the further I go in running my race as a Christian, as a father, as a husband, as a leader in the body of Christ, as a pastor in this church, the further I go in my race, here's what I know, the greater the need for me to constantly be pruning my life. Have you ever noticed how life sort of comes with complexity. Like life, like just living life is a magnet for complexity, isn't it? It's like no matter what we do, it's just like all of a sudden, like just all of a sudden, you, you wake up one day and you're like, holy smokes, this is like complex. This is hard. And here's what I've learned in my leadership journey. The further we go as a church, the bigger our church gets. The more God uses us, we have to, we have to reach down and say, what is it that we're called to do? What's the race God's called us to do? And for me, Listen, I've had to learn the delicate, delicate art as a pastor and as a leader of being able to say no. I mean, there's so many good opportunities, good things that, that Sarah and I get invited to. Birthday parties or connection group things or, or, or weddings or, or baby showers or whatever, bridal showers. And now there's like the Husband and wife, the male, what's it called? Co-ed, bridal shower or something. Don't even get me started on that. What is going on? Let us watch football. You open the presents. You open them. Still cute. All the baby clothes are cute. Still cute. Hundredth outfit, cute. Can we watch football now? No, 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 no. It's not a good idea. I'll probably edit this out for the morning, by the way. So if you have friends who are all like into the co-ed baby shower thing, you can bring it back. That'll be good. I'll, I'll edit all this out. We don't want to go. This is not a race men want to run. All right? Order some pizza, some Mountain Dew, some Smarties. And let us watch the football. Can I get an amen? Anyway, what are we talking about right now? What is going on? Seriously, I don't know. I really don't know. I don't really don't, don't know. I don't know. Yes, thank you. Saying no to good opportunities. And co-ed bridal showers. Wow, wow. Good to see you Saturday night. You get unfiltered Matt. This is what Matt's like in an evening service. Love it. All right. 
saying no to the good. Here's the deal. As this thing has grown, as God has blessed this thing, and as God has continued to just expand next level, it is just not possible. It's just not possible for me to be the husband that I'm called to be. It's not possible for me to be the dad to my kids. I'm the only person who can be dad to them. It's just not possible. And so I've had to learn this art in my life of saying no to the good so that I can say yes to the best. And that's not easy because I'm a people person. Man, I'm the kind of person that you like, I go to coffee with someone and I'm like, honey, we're going on vacation with them. And she's like, who is it? I forget their last name, but they were awesome. Okay, I'm that guy. And this is hard for me. But guys, hear my heart on this and and make the application for your life. What are the good things in your life that potentially you need to say no to so that you can focus on the best that God has for you, so you can focus on the race that he's called you and your family, you and your marriage, you and your job to win? What is the race God's called us to? It's going to require focus. It requires different training and focus and priority for all of us. And that means saying no to the good so we can say yes to the best. As a church, this is true as well. Man, ever since we moved into this facility or even started to talk about or think about moving into this facility, we've had so many people, again, all good things, all good ideas, approach us about wanting to start this or start that or when are we going to do this? And over the last nine years, it's been true no matter where we've been, you know. And we want to start this program or we really think the church needs to have this or what if we start a preschool or what if we start a Christian school? Guys, listen, here's the deal. Those are all good races to run, but that's not the race that God's called Next Level to run. Now, again, I, I got nothing against Christian school. Listen, my kids go to Christian school. My kids go to Fort Myers Christian School at First Assembly, an amazing church with an amazing school with an amazing principal, by the way, who watches our podcast. What's up? <laughs> Little shout out to Mr. Mitchell. Going on. Going on. What's up? FMCS. Go Eagles. Woo! Okay, so listen, I got nothing against Christian school. That's not the race. Are we having fun or What? Listen, you put a couple guys out here doing announcements in short shorts, everything changes. <clears throat> I got nothing against Christian school. That's not the race God's called us to run. That's not the race we're called to run. The race we're called to run is creating engaging, relevant weekend environments like this where you and I can feel safe and secure to invite our unchurched or dechurched or lost friends family members, coworkers, classmates. That's a race we're called to run. We know that is our best. Creating relational on-ramps that are easy and non-threatening for people to get connected and find relationship with other Christians that maybe they didn't know before. That's, that's what our connection groups are about. Guys, listen, that's, that's a race we're called to run as a church. Moving people from the sidelines to, on the field where they can use their gifts, their talents, their passions, their abilities to serve someone else in the name of Jesus, that's a race we're called to run. And we as a church have to stay focused on that race. That's our race. That's who we are. That's what we're best in the world at, so to speak. That is our race. And we have to stay focused on that. So Paul says, listen, Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They stay focused. He continues on, verse 25. They do it. In other words, they they go into strict training and compete in the race. They do it to get a crown that will not last. 
But we do it, speaking of us Christians, and running, again, the metaphorical race of our life, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Number three, we must know why we're running the race. It's important for us, if we're going to run the race that we're called the race, to know why we're running. Paul says, listen, for, for you know, real runners, they compete in the race to get a crown that won't last. They, they compete to hold up a trophy, to get a, a medal around their neck, to get a crown on their head for a, a momentary moment where the, the world stops and says, you're the best, you won, you did it. It's a momentary crown. But then he focuses to us and, and metaphorically applies it over to us Christians. And he says, listen, when you run your race, as Christians, as followers of Jesus, listen, you've got to do it and know why you're running the race. Have you ever had those moments in your life where you stop and you ask the question, why am I doing this? I mean, maybe some of us, we, we know, you know what I'm talking about. Like, there are those moments in your life where you kind of almost have like this sort of like surreal, like rise above your life and like look at everything going on and like you running in your little rat wheel and just paying your payments and doing your thing and monthly and this and the whole deal, juggling all the balls and making sure all the kids got everywhere and making sure there's not too many nuggets left in the car after we went through drive through for the sixth straight night. Like, you're doing all the stuff and you have this like out-of-body moment where you're just like, why in the heck am I doing all this? Anybody ever done that? had those moments, here's what I think. I think far too many people haven't. See, I think we live in a world that has the ability to hypnotize us almost with more, with bigger, with better, with shinier, with newer, with faster, with thinner, with lighter, with brighter. And I think there's almost like this, this hypnosis thing that can come over us in, in the name of American culture where we think that, that last year's model is just insufficient. It's just not good enough and I'm never going to be happy until I get this new model. That it's never going to be right until mine is as long as theirs, until mine is as thin as theirs, until mine is as fast as theirs. Listen, your iPod from four years ago will still play all the same music that your iPod that you just bought today will play. Now listen, you don't hear what I'm not saying. There's nothing wrong with all of those things as long as all of those things is not why we're running the race. Because I think it's easy for us in our culture today to be blinded by all of the stuff of the materialism of our world until one day we end up realizing that we're running our race for those temporary crowns. Instead, like Paul says, of running our race for an eternal crown. Why are we running our race? Why are we working as hard as we are? This is a word from God for somebody. Listen, hear me, hear me. Because you've just been running blind, chasing the American dream, chasing after it. You've just been going for it. And you've not stopped in a long, long time to ever ask the question, why am I doing all this? And God would say to you this weekend, listen, God would say to you this weekend, you're running, and you're running, and you're running, and you're running, and you're striving, and you're toiling, and you're not getting enough sleep at night, and you're letting your health go down the drain, and you're letting your relationships go down the drain, and you haven't kissed your kids in a good long time, and you know you're still unfulfilled because you're chasing a temporary crown. And God would say to some of us this weekend, stop chasing a temporary crown and start running for an eternal crown that cannot be taken away, that will last forever. Stop chasing it. 
Again, is there anything wrong with that? No, as long as that's not the reason why we're running our race. Why are we running the race? Are we running for a temporary crown? Are we running for an eternal one? He goes on in verse 26. Therefore, he says, I do not run like a man running aimlessly. I do not fight like a man beating the air. Number four, the worst race to run is the aimless one. The worst race to run in life is the aimless one. And yet, how many people in our world today, guys, are running aimlessly, are beating the air, are chasing after the wind. How many people in our neighborhoods are running aimlessly? How many people in our workplace are running an aimless race? How many people in our schools, in our, in our, our families, are running from one high to the next, are running from one job to the next, one relationship to the next, one one-night stand to the next, in the name of fulfillment, in the name of satisfaction, in the name of happiness, in the name of, of whatever there it is that they're looking for, and yet at the end of it all, they would be the first one, or maybe the last one, to admit that it's an aimless race. And can I just tell you, that that is why Next Level Church exists. We exist as a church for those who are running the aimless race. That's why we're here. Guys, listen, my heart breaks for 20-somethings who are caught up in the party scene. My heart breaks for teenage girls who are compromising their bodies for acceptance my heart breaks for young men in our communities that we've adopted downtown who have no father figure, who think that what it means to be a man is to carry a weapon or is to do violence or to, to paint graffiti on stuff or to join a gang. They have no male role models in their life. My heart breaks for them. That's why we exist as a church. My heart breaks for single moms who are struggling to make ends meet and struggling to figure out, do I buy food or do I pay rent? My heart breaks for young married couples who put a smile on their face and can walk in and smiling, and on the inside, they're dying inside because they have no idea how to communicate. They have no idea how to, what a, true intimacy and relationship really looks like. They have no idea how to raise these kids. They have no idea, and they're dying inside. They're looking for someone to help them. They're looking for hope. Guys, listen, that's why Next Level Church exists. For those who are running the aimless race. That's why we're here. That's why Sarah and I moved 1,300 miles nine years ago from the only home we'd ever known in Indiana to start a different kind of church. A church that would appeal to people like I just mentioned. People who are running an aimless race. Guys, that is why we do what we do. Verse 27. He says... I don't run like a man running aimlessly. I don't fight like a man beating the air. Verse 27, no, I beat 
my body. In other words, I discipline myself and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. Number five, winning our race is the only option. Paul says winning this race the race that God has called us to as Christians, the race that God has called us to as a church, Paul says losing is not an option. And so we will do anything it takes. We will discipline our bodies. We will make them our slave. We'll do whatever it takes to not be disqualified from this race of telling those who are running aimlessly that there's hope. We will do whatever it takes. We will give our whole lives. We will leverage all that God's blessed us with for those who are running aimlessly. And so my question to us tonight, Next Level Church, is will you join me in leveraging it all for those outside of this wall, outside of this place, those outside of this building tonight who are searching for hope and purpose and meaning and significance, will you join me? Will you join with me and the Apostle Paul and saying, God, all that I am, God, all that I have, God, all that I hope to be, God, all that it is is not for me any longer. It's not for earthly crowns any longer. God, it's for you. Will you take that? Will you take that dare? Will you take that challenge with me? Because I believe God is looking for a group of people in Southwest Florida who will take that challenge, who will run that race who will look across their lives and say, I don't care what I have to do. If I have to scale my lifestyle back, if I have to sell my car, if I have to change jobs, if I have to do whatever, I will do whatever it takes to see those who are running aimlessly run aimlessly no more. Will you join me? I'm throwing down the gun. We had a Braveheart clip. This would be a perfect time for it. I don't have one. But I will paint my face blue. Why not? Those duffers can wear short shorts. I can paint my face blue. Will you take the challenge? Will you join me? Imagine what's possible if a group of people ran that race. Imagine what's possible if we made a determination that losing is not an option, that losing the thousands and thousands of lost people, of disillusioned, broken-hearted, hurting people is not an option. Imagine what's possible. Imagine what God could do with the church who said this is our starting line for that race. Will you pray with me? Let's pray together. Father, thank you. God, thank you for the challenge tonight. Lord, I am personally challenged as well to run the race. God, you've not called us to run every race. You've not called us to be a church that's good at a thousand things. You've called us to be a church that's good at just a couple. And so, Jesus, tonight I pray on behalf of every person who's a part of this church. I pray for those who 
or watching or listening online. I pray for those who are, are marginally connected that they would lean in tonight to this race. God, this is the heart we believe of you. The heart of the Father who looks down and says, I'm, I, I see my, my children and they're lost. I see my children and they're running aimless. I see my children and they're chasing everything but me. God, we want to echo your heart that says, we will be that church that leverages everything. We will be that married couple. We will be that single person. We will be that, that middle-aged couple. We'll, we'll be that baby boomer couple. We'll be those grandparents who leverage everything. That those who are running aimlessly would run aimlessly no more. God, we would count it a privilege to lay down our lives for that race the world might be different God we'll run we'll go we'll do it God I pray that this would be our starting line this would be our starting line if that's you if you want to run that race with me, I'm going to boldly ask you to stand up with me right now. Just all over this room, just begin to stand. If you're committing to run that race, God, we stand together. We stand together, shoulder to shoulder as a body of believers. We stand together and we declare, God, we will run that race that you've called us to, to rescue the aimless and bring them back to you. That is a race worth giving our lives to. So Father, tonight, we commit to running your race. In Jesus' name. And all across this room, everyone said, Amen. Amen. Sing me.